Welcome to Ending Pending. This is your host, Andy. This is your not host, Evan. This is your other not host, Ronnie. This is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season, besides Firefly. And we are currently talking about Almost Human. It's a show about vampires and Sam Witwer, and it's great. But before we dig into that, I have a question for my not hosts. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. A uh, question for you. Shoot. Okay. What do you want for Christmas this year? Ooh. Um. All right. I guess I'll start off. Okay. Um. I want. I want more people to talk about Edward Snowden. I feel like he hasn't been discussed enough recently. Also, I mean, I'd love for Snowden to just like wreck Trump. Like, if if Snowden showed up with like. Tim Mueller and was like, I got the files. Like, I've had them this whole time. <laughs> I've had Twist. them this whole time. Twist. Um, and just, like, I want Mueller to have a really great Christmas. I want, you know, I want him to come back from the holiday just refreshed and mm-hmm. ready to tackle the regime. Not that our podcast has a political, you know, slant to we either don't. direction. We mostly talk about garbage television shows. Right. But, yeah. you know. We have a, a slant towards uh, not being terrible people though i want trump i, wouldn't, to, I, wouldn't I want trump to only a, last a single season yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's good yeah yeah um i i want to know what um tommy Wiseau's deal is Ooh, that's that's really relevant right now to pop culture babe good choice i do though i really want to know like it's 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 burning me up inside i gotta what's his deal when you and I are rich. We'll hire a private investigator to figure it out. I feel like people must have already done this. Like, surely, like this. I don't think he's all that clever of a dude. I feel like if someone with enough money bothered to look, we'd yeah, no. But he is like a, a cultural sensation at this point. Like somebody with a lot of money must be obsessive enough to try to figure his shit out. I'm still convinced he's DB Cooper, but he, he's. Much, much older than he claims to be. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Look at his face. But, um, yeah. I, I need to know. I need. That's what I want for Christmas. I want somebody to blow that shit wide open. What about you, Ronald? Um, I want um, somebody. It doesn't have to be the same person. It could be multiple parties. Um, but I want somebody with enough money to buy uh, Marvel and DC. And just, like, cut out all the shit. Because there's been so many things that have happened recently, like both with like creators and creators they're allowing to do books, and with like things that Marvel Comics has done that like <clears throat> I'm not reading comics anymore because it's just real shitty. And I want someone to take it over and be like, "Hey, we got rid of all the shitty stuff, so like enjoy." Because I miss I miss Marvel. I miss my friends. I miss my my friend uh, Deadpool. And my friend Steve Rogers and my friend uh, Squirrel Girl. Could we um, have someone also buy uh, like Harry Potter and get Johnny Depp out of the, yes. the new movies? Because yeah, he, he's that too. He he he's an ass. And I guess more want to support movies with him. Yeah, I guess more immediately and like a single problem that would be a better one. There's, there was, like, the whole, like, Northrop Grumham thing that they, like, did at Comic-Con where they had, like, a defense contractor made, like, a special book, like, about, like, the military-industrial complex, and that was weird and bad. And, Marvel did that? Huh? Marvel did yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, they, like, the, there's a whole, like, superheroes based on um, the, the defense contractor. And, That's oh, weird. Yeah, that it was, like, really... really I mean, it's... Like, Ike Perlmutter, the, like, guy who owns Marvel, like, the president, I guess. Huge Trump guy, which is, like, you can see it filtering down. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, oh it, okay. that's what I'm, I'm saying. I like, just, like, someone needs yeah. to, like, buy it up and just be like, hey, we're making it not bad anymore. Anyway, let's talk about the TV show that we're here right. to what, talk yeah. about. What TV show are we Christmas watching? Christmas wishes. We're, yeah. All I want for Christmas is stuff to be good. Anyway. So, <laughs> but this show is good. We're it's watching good show. Being Almost, and it's a show mm-hmm. about a robot vampire played by Edward James Almost. Sam Urban. And um You just made that one up. Well, I took Sam Whitmer and Carl Urban and I mashed their names together. Okay. And like I matched the title together. Uh, yeah. I'm malfunctioning like Dorian does. Oh. Um, 
falls apart. It was a bit the audience got it. Okay. They understood the if joke. they're wa- if you're watching along, that was Andy doing a robot impression. Beep boop bop bop. Beep boop. Anyway, bop. we doop up. Stop. Stop. We have to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> that was Evan malfunctioning like a robot. Ah. Evan, what is this show? Who's on it? Uh, Almost Human is a show that takes place in the not-so-distant future in the year 2048, and it follows Detective John Kennex and his robot partner Dorian as they try to solve future crimes and stop the world from slipping into uh, tech dystopia. I am a robot. Anyway, uh, this time we had to watch four episodes because this show was inconsiderate enough to have... uh, a number of episodes not divisible by four. So, uh, we watched episodes seven, eight, nine, and ten. Yup. And, um, episode seven, a bad guy strapped some bombs onto some people's necks and filmed their demise, kind of Saw style. Um, and he trapped Detective Kennix, played by Carl Urban, uh, and put a bomb on his neck and uh, forced him to, like, get it off of himself while the world watched. And the bad guy was a very, very creepy, insecure dude. And uh, it was all okay because Dorian saved him and, and got the creepy dude. Um, in episode 8, there was a magic bullet that could be programmed to follow a person, and it had gotten into the hands of some some terrorist people. And uh, there was a woman who was connected to the guy who designed it, and they were trying to kill her, and they had to basically protect her the whole time and convince her not to erase her memories because they were relevant to the investigation. And she was like, no, they're going to kill me. I have to erase my memory. Uh, but they convinced her not to do that, and they saved her, and they got the terrorist guys uh, I didn't think this was a particularly good episode. Anyway, episode nine, uh, Dorian met evil Dorian, who was a lady robot. Uh, there was a combat robot, robot also designed by the same guy who built Dorian that had gone horribly wrong and killed a lot of people and had been taken down by the police and her bits were stored in evidence somewhere. And, um, spoiler alert, uh, Dorian's creator was kind of evil the whole time, and it had orchestrated the whole thing where the evil robot broke out of evidence and killed people because he was trying to get his research back, um, out of police custody. Uh, then in episode 10, some, some girls are dying of drug overdoses, and... They're all, like, special and genetically engineered children who go to a special elite school. And, um, it turns out it was, uh, a mom who was resentful, who was ca- uh, who was messing with this drug program to cause these girls to overdose because her own daughter was not genetically engineered but was just real gifted and had, um, had killed herself. And she thought it was these girls' fault. So it was revenge druggings. Uh, also, Kenix is having flashbacks about his girlfriend again in this episode. Trying to seed something for a non-existent episode two, clearly. Season two. or Yeah, season two. You know what I mean. Alrighty, so... Um, I don't really remember. We watched four whole episodes, so it's hard to parse what which episodes are good and which ones weren't. So let's just. Dive. I remember. I remember which ones are good and which ones were bad. Yeah. All right, Andy. Will you? Since opinions. you remember so good, tell us what was good about episodes seven, eight, nine, and ten of Almost Human. Episode seven, uh, it's definitely playing up the Saul angle. I'm assuming, like, probably a new Saul movie came out, or the writer really liked Saul. But the the dude playing the creeper was real creepy. I looked up his IMDb page and he pretty much exclusively plays like greasy vampires and has played a Joker thug mm-hmm. in like three different Batman things. <laughs> so he definitely has a a type 
that he goes for that his agent is getting him to take the parts to pay the bills yeah and it is creepy love obsessed uh bomb maker he did play um token foreign um criminal in the ant-man movie though oh he was an ant-man along with yeah. uh louis guzman and ti he's, pay- he's paying those bills pretty good yeah yeah he- he's got that marvel ant-man money now <laughs> he's got to be in that sequel um but that episode i thought was really strong um I feel like instead of pitting Kennix against the the bomber where they kind of played like this jock versus nerd angle where like the entire episode Kennix is obsessing about like his old football glory days. I would have actually, if I was in charge, I would have put Rudy up against him and had Rudy save the day. I know we already had like a Rudy hero episode. But I feel like it would have been a um, like a stronger head-to-head, and they could have explored some more of the like outcast nerd themes rather than you know pitting the weird nerdy villain against you know like Kenix talking about his uh, football or basketball trophies. I don't remember. Kenix was a sportser in high school and is apparently still really into it. He did the sports. Um. You Are Here sucked, episode 8. It was yeah. not good. It was real boring. Uh, I didn't really pay attention a whole lot. That was the Magic Bullet one. Yeah, the Magic Bullet episode was was real weak. Um, I loved when Kenick shot the the mean RoboCop for making fun of Dorian. Um, How is he still employed? I don't he know. He's destroying government property. I don't know. I just... imagine those robots are real expensive. Mm-hmm. And Kenick's just... Like, did it, I guess, to prove a point or because he had anger issues? But, um, Kenix might be a bit of a sociopath. But, uh, I, it got a giggle out of me. I enjoyed that bit. Um, episode 9 was freaking awesome. Episode 9 was real, real good. I thought, uh, Gina Carano, who played the evil Robo Girl, was real good. Um, I imagine that. Her and the Dorian actor probably talked about, like, robo-movements and stuff. Because, like, she had her robo-movements down. And their their cool robo-fight at the end was fantastic. Um, also, there was, like, a lot of, like, romantic tension between Dorian and Kenix in this episode. Which is great. Um, I don't know if that's what the actors were going for, but that's how I was picking it up. And I'm sure many, many fanfic writers were also probably picking up. Uh, the dude who played Dorian's dad was phenomenal. And definitely has, like, the creator god, like, clockmaker thing going on real well. Um, Maldonado's good as always. Like, every time she's on screen, I enjoy it. And, yeah, that episode was real strong. Uh, especially the fight scene at the end. It was a real, real good fight scene. And then Perception, episode 10, which, like, the girl's in overdosing. Um, it was all right. I didn't think it was particularly great. I thought um, it was a weak episode. Yeah. I I think the, the dude who was playing, like, the drug dealer, I thought he was, like, intriguing. There were scenes where I thought he was really good and scenes where I thought he was really bad. And I was trying to figure out if he was a good actor or a bad actor. And at least that was interesting. And the the dude who played the fuckboy played a real good, like, dick. Uh, but he was barely in it. He had, like, one scene. But I was like, oh, he definitely did it. He's a dick. Uh, and it turns out he didn't. So, you know, good shit. Um, and then uh, I guess the John's flashbacks were interesting. But also maybe he shouldn't be a cop because he's blacking out and crashing his car. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan. <laughs> yeah, I I liked and disliked the very same episodes that you did, Andy. Um, we should date. Oh, yeah, that's that's a cool idea. You would be cute together. <laughs> um, wonder if our the... podcast listeners ship us. <laughs> <laughs> um, episode seven, the one with the saw collars. Um, 
It, I, I referenced Saw in describing it just because I think that's the thing that people are most culturally familiar with. But it's also uh, not unlike, you know, Battle Royale or whatever. It, there's There have been other shows and media that use that trope, but I like that trope. I like the, I like the, like, loss of control, like, bomb around your neck, you must do the thing, you must figure out a way to get out of the situation. I like that angle. You're a so, bit of a sociopath, too. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm a Slytherin. Um, but, yeah, that felt real dynamic. I also, I agree with you, I wish they had put somebody different in the expo- explosion collar at the end, but I actually wish it had been Dorian. Ooh, why? Um, because Dorian and Kenex have a sort of antagonistic relationship in a, like, loving kind of a way, and I really would have liked to see him, like, lose it a little bit. Um, Dorian, I, you mean? Uh, no, I would, I would have liked to see John lose it. Like, I would have liked to see him, like, become, like, really distraught at the notion that Dorian, like, could die, even though he's a robot. Um, I think we got that in episode nine, but I see what you're saying, and I yeah. agree. Um, also, I I think the the discourse between Dorian and the bomber would have been better. I think it would have been uh, more interesting. I think Dorian is more philosophical and is more introspective and would have uh, sort of been able to talk the guy down. Uh, although... Kenex climbing a building at the end to like tackle the the baddie would have been equally cool, but um, uh, I recognize that the the bomber probably wouldn't take a robot hostage as his first choice. But because we the viewers know the relationship between uh, Dorian and Kenex, it it I think it would have worked. I think they could have found a way to make that happen. Still a really great episode overall. Yes, yeah, still very good, but it, you know, this is our, uh, we are fanfictioning who should be in the explosion collar. The, the Magic Bullet episode, I barely remember the plot, even though I, I was taking notes at the time. I, I wrote down some things like, this anger management lady seems incompetent. Douchebag cop has a douchebag bot. Um, things like that, but this I, is the... I do like that the douchebag cop seemed to really, like, passionately care about his robot. Mm-hmm. Now, it could just be that he's mad because Kenix is the one who broke him. And by broke him, I mean shot off his face. But, like, he seemed to care. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. Episode 9, I loved the Dorian and Negadorian, like, dichotomy. Because the creator says, like, um, yeah, well, I used the exact same programming, but you're not like her. And, like, Dorian's having an existential crisis, like, the whole episode. Like, how, how can I not be, like, the murder bot if I have the exact same programming as the murder bot? And it's, like, I think, I don't even know if it's intentional, but I think they've hit some kind of, like, uh, like, god allegory there. Oh, like, it was how, very how intentional. Can, yeah. You know, mankind, this guy has a create has effectively created mankind in robot form like the same soul is like murdering people and also like the most sensitive person alive yeah the line where i think yeah dorian says something about you know the same person that made her made me how is that possible Mm -hmm. and you you look at the world and if you do believe in a god same god that made you made some real garbage people Mm -hmm. and it's you know a question of faith that everyone is gonna gonna wrestle with at some point um you know what separates me from someone who does something terrible and unspeakable uh and the show hit it really hard and really well it didn't feel preachy yeah also uh double whammy because the creator turned out to be evil also yeah yeah ronald what did you like um well first off in uh episode i guess it was Eight? No. Sounds right. What was the first one? Seven? One, seven. Two, three, seven. Yeah, yeah, seven. seven. So in seven, there's a, a big power outage because of a solar flare. Kenix uh, interrupts Douchebag Cop, who for some reason is in charge. Um, and Kenix interrupts him by saying that the donut machine is broken. Which, like, if that's a thing that they have, I 
immediately change my response to what I want for Christmas to a donut machine, a futuristic <laughs> donut machine. Um, I hope that is a real part of the future. Um, I really like in this episode because they talk about Dorian and like him shutting down and him not being fully charged. He actually talks about like how his personality interface is the first thing that suffers. And I like this idea of like all of the um, the androids are like made of the same stuff. It's just like how the android prioritizes things. Like it's just it's possible that the MXs, the like the very logical robots, still have the same like uh, not, I guess not the soul, but like the same like emotion that Dorian does. Dorian's creator just made him prioritize those emotions higher than logic. And I just I like how that was kind of a, a world building of like what makes him different specifically from like a technological standpoint. Um, it was really funny. I want to cut like a little bit of a clip together of um, when Dorian was not fully charged. His angry grunts of like <laughs> he punches douchebag cop and he's like, ugh, ugh, sorry about that. I'm just uh, I'm really uh, just like <laughs> it was it was really it was great seeing Dorian kind of like outside of his element. And uh, and that was that was fun. Um, he one of the great lines when he's uh, when I guess it, I don't know who was talking. Um, I guess it was douchebag cop and Kenix, and they're arguing back and forth. Dorian says, "Humans off!" Like, oh yeah, he that like, was fantastic. He, he like throws something at them, and he's uh-huh. like, "Humans off!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. He, I, I like. I assume that's like how robots get drunk is they just don't get fully charged. I liked not fully charged drunk um, Dorian. Um, Grumpy, sleepy Dorian. Yeah. Also, just another suggestion for who to put in the collar when we remake the show is douchebag cop and just not rescue him. Yeah, <laughs> for real. So episode eight, um, this was the, um, what was the meat of this episode? Magic Bullet. Magic Bullet episode. This is where, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but this is where we get start to get really dramatically out of order. Kenix is in anger management classes, and like we haven't seen that the whole time, even though it's been like close to his, his accident and his coma. Um, um, episode 8 was meant to be episode 2 or 3. Episode yep. 2. Yeah, it was meant mm-hmm. to be episode 2. Um, there's a lot, there's like heavy syndicate references and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and the relationship between Dorian and, and Kenix is just really tense and really mm-hmm. like strained. Um, I liked the way that they cut it up. Episode, so the other episodes we watched this section were Perception. That was the one at the end, the mind drug episode. That was supposed to be episode four. Mm-hmm. Um this Simon says the bomb streamer one that was not supposed to be until episode 10. Um, so we were jumping all over the place here. Um, I just like how they spread the syndicate stuff out. Like, it, yeah, it, that was it, a smart move. It would have um, been, I, it, it literally would have been clumped all within the first five episodes. And then we would have heard nothing about it until like episode 10. I agree. I think it does create some inconsistencies, but mm-hmm. they have done a good job of like, I think they realized which episodes were strong episodes and which ones were weak episodes, and they mm-hmm. front-loaded their strong episodes a little bit and then mixed it up so that you got, like, a real good one, then an okay one, then a real good one, then an okay one. Um, right. So, yeah, it did. It was a little annoying. Also, um, I was going to... I'll come back to this in the negatives, but the way they treat Rudy is kind of all over the place. Right, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, create some problems but i don't think overall it was the wrong choice yeah there's some there's definitely some lines that come across as like that definitely doesn't make sense here but Mm -hmm. for the most part they don't dwell on them a lot and they keep going with the story so i liked Mm -hmm. i liked how the relationship between dorian and kenix was like it started off like they were friendlier earlier and then maybe Mm -hmm. some like disgruntlement later on and the syndicate stuff was spread out instead of like clumped in the beginning and the end of the season but in the beginning of that episode uh, there's the anger management group, and there is a coffee drone. There's a little there's a little robot is flying around and giving people coffee and taking coffee orders. And I said, all that thing needs to do is tap on Evan's window, and he will have everything he's ever wanted. I didn't notice I the didn't coffee notice drone. It either. I was really I was really preoccupied because the anger management lady seemed so incompetent. She I was, was like getting awful. Yeah, 
I was negatives. I'm saving. I have some things that I was saving for negatives. But yeah. yeah. No Yay, way. coffee drum. Um, even though this that I'm episode, out of a job in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even though the um that episode, um, it was. It, I didn't like it. It wasn't very good. Um, the props I think were really good. I felt like, as far as the content of that episode they tracked people using very very targeted individualized advertising and that is like a future that i could see happening tomorrow even more than almost the sex bots like that is where that is heading of just like having a chip in your windshield that like you will see a billboard but it will say your name on it because of the chip in your windshield like that is the direction marketing is going and that was like Uh, creepy that that was that close Volkswagen already does that. They actually banned those billboards. They had to make a law against them because they were deemed too distracting. But um, the there were like two locations where Volkswagen had these billboards where when you drove past, it would say like, have a great day, Jim, or whatever. Because like as a Volkswagen owner, like your like onboard computer, like had like your first name stored in it. So they yeah. built the like these RFID or whatever, like these scanning like and anyway but that's a real thing uh so yeah, yeah that's that i you're totally right it's definitely yeah. gonna continue going off the rails with this crazy targeted advertising that facebook creeper ads already do right <laughs> and if you look at those like first five episodes in their intended order it's like the pilot then the advertising tracking and then organ sales and then mind drugs and then sex bots it's like very clearly was like trying to hit all of like society's ills like bing bang boom in episode nine there is the bit where dorian doesn't know about his like de facto sister Mm -hmm. um it's outside of like it was erased from the database and kenix has to explain it to him and i really liked the dynamic of kenix knowing something that dorian doesn't um about like just the world around them and him having to explain it and seeing dorian kind of take in that information and process like literally process it in his processor like it was just a really like cool dynamic of like the dramatic irony dorian is always the exposition device but then kenix was this episode and it was it was nice it, w- it, it was handled really well um i liked seeing dorian's daddy that was fun um, I love that the actor looks at Dorian in the same way that all three of us do. Like, yeah. look at my boy. I'm so proud. He's look so at his beautiful. face. I'm going to touch it. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's 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 very much like they are definitely trying to elicit like a father son relationship there. And both father and son play into it very, very well. Um, Rudy comes in and Rudy wants to fuck Dorian's dad. He, oh, he, he does. Like, all about it rudy wants to be dorian's stepdad in episode 10 um dorian tells on kenix and he calls him benedict android and that was good that was a good (laughs) little one-liner um i don't feel like i discussed it enough or like focus on it enough but the face effect the blue like circuitry in dorian's face that he does is really well done yeah Yeah. super cool it reminds you that he's a robot but it also doesn't look real overblown no, and real it, distracting. It looks like a practical effect and it's very clearly not, but it it, it look it's really well done. They did an awesome more to your point earlier Evan about how they spent a lot of money in the special effects and left like nothing for like season 2. Mm-hmm. Um, um I like when Kenix calls him like light bright and stuff when <laughs> his face lights up. Yeah. Disco face. Yeah. Um I think I liked episode 10 more than you guys did. Uh, I know the pacing wasn't great. But it all led up to us finding out that this girl who was part of this triple homicide actually committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it was like, like I, it might be like a trigger warning kind of thing. But like just the linger that the camera did on her kind of walking out into the ocean, like it was really powerful, if nothing else. Um, it was deeply fucked up and disturbing. But it was like it really like the pacing of the episode was very slow and very methodical. And then to end with that very slow, very like, oh, thing, it it worked for me. Um, It kind of tied it all together. I don't Um, I want to go back and say I don't think it was a bad episode. I just thought 
seven and nine were so good. Like, yeah. especially nine. Nine had that really dramatic fight scene at the end. It mm-hmm. was a lot of explosions and, and, like, excitement. There was a lot of, like, new lore dropped with the wall mm-hmm. and with Dorian's dad. And then it went back into, like, another procedural episode. Mm-hmm. Where there also wasn't really like a strong antagonist in episode ten. No. Like there were some characters you disliked. Right. And there was a you know, there there was a villain, but it wasn't it if if the episodes had been flipped and ten had come right after Magic Bullet episode, I would have been like, Oh yeah, that was a good episode. And then we ended on ten and ten was amazing. Mm-hmm. But because it was nine and then ten, I just kinda felt like it was a bit weak. Because yeah. I wanted more stuff about Dorian's daddy, and, right? And uh, the wall and the, the, wall. the terrorists. Yeah, and they seemed they seemed to be setting up to carry on that plot thread, and right. then they, and there were also some things about episode ten that I really did not like. the 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 core plot of episode ten I didn't dislike, but you shall we? Are you? Yeah, I, I I will just say like my and this might be something you guys mentioned, but like my my gut instinct when they talked about the wall, I was like, oh no, Trump got his way. They built the wall. <laughs> Damn it. Um all right. So let's move on to what we did not like and I do have a, quite a few things here. Evan, hit me with what you didn't like. Uh going back to what you said about the uh like sexual tension between John and um Dorian, Andy. Mhm. Um I'm not real pleased about that to be honest with you because I feel like they're queer baiting. I felt like it a little bit in episode three with the robot dick, and I feel like it even more now. Ronnie, do you know what queer baiting is? Um, I I mean, context loser helped me, but if you want to describe it for me and our audience. Okay, so queer baiting is when showrunners will deliberately put some like gay romance subtext in there, or some like hints that a character is gay but they won't explicitly say it. And that way they reel in the queer audience, like they give them a little, they throw them a bone basically, but they also avoid alienating their douchebag audience who would not be okay with that. Hmm. So rather than like making a character like explicitly queer, they will like give tiny little unsatisfying tidbits uh, to let queer people assume that they're being represented, but not actually like take the plunge and like do good representation. So I'm I'm getting that vibe with this relationship, and like it might be unintentional. It might just be because Carl Urban and Michael Ely naturally have such good chemistry, like that it kind of reads as like like. Oh, maybe maybe they're like flirting with each other. I don't, but I feel like I feel like knowing about the Robo Dick, I feel like some of that may have been deliberate. And if it was deliberate, like that's not cool. Show it's not cool. Um, the uh, like I said, the anger management lady was so incompetent. Yeah. In like at the beginning of. Um, episode eight uh she was just like well you know you're you're doing better because like you're not punching anybody and he's like i would be punching somebody if my hands weren't broken like if i i literally have bandages on my and she's like well uh you're fine yeah you're making progress and then like she like very aggressively pushes kenix's buttons for like no apparent reason extremely invasive yeah, like, and it just, like, airs all his shit in front of all these people, like, in this, like, that's not the way you, like, deal right. with that. That's not, like, how a psychiatric professional would be, like, treating people. I mean, there is so, certainly immersion therapy, and this is, like, even beyond immersion therapy of, like, trying to trigger him, but you don't do that in, like, a group of, like, ten other people. It, it seemed super wrong. It gave me, like, a bad, I'm like, this, that's not how anger management no. goes. It was just an exposition um, dump. It was just, like, you know. You remember what happened to Pilot, right? Here yeah. it goes again. Also, the with the pacing, like I said, it for it seems like for 
what was intended to be the first several episodes. They were trying really hard to make Rudy comic relief. Mm-hmm. But because they developed him more in, like, the episode with the drug dealers, and, like, they they still had some, like, her-look-at-dumb-Rudy lines in the episode with Dorian's dad, um, like, they clearly took that character further than, like, the weird comic relief nerd guy. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like in one episode, like, he's the developed character, and then in the very next episode he has regressed to, like, Rudy's such a dork. Let's all make fun of Rudy. Let's make him make awkward, creepy sexual comments. Yeah. There's that line in this episode where it, like, he says, is this, like, tangentially related to sex bots in any way? And it's like, that's almost kind of funny with the information we have because the sex bot episode became before that. But this was written to, like, we had no idea that sex bots were a thing. So he's just randomly like, hey, sex bots, sex bots. Like, that's that's our introduction to that concept is Rudy just being a hornball about it. In episode 10, the thing I did not like about episode 10 is that we suddenly cycled back around to episode 1 problems. And it felt very abrupt. So it feels real strange that, like, you know, in episode 1, Kenix was dealing with all his shit. He figured out his girlfriend was evil. It was traumatic. But it felt like that that story arc was pretty well closed. And then in episode 10, very suddenly they, like, dredge it back up again where he's suddenly having flashbacks and he's suddenly going to the memory guy. That was somewhere where the consistency was very obvious and they should have... They they should have cut it differently or something. Like, when they realized they were taking it out of order. Like I said, in general it worked, but that felt... That felt real wrong, and they, yeah. they should have just, like, re, re-cut some episodes right. to make certain scenes fit in better. Or re-record but, audio. There's, there's things you can do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those were, my, those were my primary complaints. Andrew. Ronald, what about you? Me? Ooh. Yeah, you go next. Um, you said you had a lot. I have a good amount. We touched on some of them. The power went out. And so Dorian is running it at sub-capacity. And it's like any android running at sub-capacity should not be in the field. Like that, the fact that they would even send them out. It's not even – they complain about like, oh, he's having mood swings. It's like the mood swings are not the problem. It's the fact that he cannot see what he is doing when he is trying to disarm a bomb attached to a civilian's neck. Like that's, yeah, that's the that bigger real... problem. And, like, Kenix, you're not being a bro by covering for him. No. You are putting innocent people in danger. It's mm-hmm. bad. It's all bad stuff. It's just, like, yeah, I, I the, the robots overall in this, like, Dorian being underpowered was bad. But also the MXs, the more I see of the MXs, the more just, like, completely useless the MXs seem. Like, in the beginning of um, episode, I guess it was uh, 8, um, the MX is like explaining the possibility that like a bullet ricocheted four times off the wall and then killed this guy. And it's just like presenting that as the primary explanation. And it's like, well, that was, that's useless. I'm glad you opened your mouth for that. And then they do later, they do a, um, kind of like a Sigourney Weaver in, um, galaxy quest thing where he walks in and says, detective Stahl would like to see you. And it's like, all right. Is that, is that, is that your only, was that your only, repeating Stahl the computer? That. Like, not, not like Detective Stall wants you to have this information and like beams in his face. He's just like, sir, now that you're here, please walk into this room you were walking into anyway. It was just like, no, no bueno. They are, they are, they are seem very useless and I don't understand. They're, why they're, they're Google there. bots. They're just there yeah. so that the, the police can ask them questions and they answer with result. They're Siri, basically. Right. <laughs> Episode uh, seven ha- plays on a trope that actually ha- happens a lot where some guy dies in the beginning of the episode because of the thing that is happening, like, because of the theme of that episode. And then maybe another guy dies, or maybe not, but then a attractive brunette woman is in danger, and Kenix goes out of his way to make sure that she ends up surviving. It's just like, it's like, you can set your watch by it most of these episodes of, like, it, it was kind of gross that, like, every time there's a, a, an attractive brunette, Kenix is like, I will I will make sure I'm a good police officer now. And um, I do feel like there was time still on the clock for the first dude. There totally like, that was. first dude, mm-hmm. there was, like, 
a minute on there by the time mm-hmm. they got to him. And, mm-hmm. like, Dorian was like, take your shield out. Like, I was going to say and- Dorian gave up on him. And Dorian really wanted to give up on the brunette, too. Yeah. But that Kenix was like, no, uh, keep going because she's hot. Um, <laughs> like, if they had just put the same effort they put into saving her into the, the banker dude, like, yeah. they could they could have saved him. Mm-hmm. Why would you kill a robot, essentially? Why would you shoot a robot to death? Take that robot that you don't know anything about and put it in evidence lockup. Like if it was if this this universe treats robots like they're humans, if that was a human, you would take it and have an autopsy. Why would you not take the robot to Rudy to have a robot autopsy? Why is it stuffed in like like it's a like it's a gun just in evidence? It's like it's, or melt it down. It's it's just totally inconsistent with the world that they're setting up. That they were just like, yep, just shove it in here. This sure won't come back to bite us. With this robot it, that we don't if understand. It, if it's like the most dangerous robot ever that like is legendary. Yeah. Melt it down. Uh-huh. Why'd you save it? No, what are you no doing point. with no it? Point. You're not doing anything with it. You just locked it up. Um, In the end of the magic bullet episode, the guy's girlfriend is on the run. She's, she's trying not to get killed. And she decides that if she can, and I don't I didn't remember what this meant, but they said the word scrub about 16 times in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, if they could scrub her, her herself, if she could scrubbing, are you going to scrub? Oh, no, I'm anti scrubbing. You didn't explain it like you get mm-hmm. they, this show tries to get away with, like, not doing exposition by just leaving its audience totally in the dark at the last minute. No, they explained that in episode one. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, but like, yeah, that's a long time ago. At right. this point. Exactly. And and so. So the scrubbing, she's going to scrub her brain so that the bad guys will come in at the very second she's getting her brain scrubbed. And she could be like, whoop, sorry, got my brain scrubbed. I don't remember the thing that you don't want me to remember. So now you don't have to kill me is so nonsensical. And like, sure, that's like maybe if it works out perfectly might be a solution. But how is that the first thing that you go to? That's the first solution where you're like, I've got it. I understand what's going to get me out of this. It made me so mad because it was so contrived and just didn't make any damn sense. Um, it's a very, like, passed over thing. But they talk about in episode um, nine when they talk about the robot that was hacked, that was like a junk robot, but they were able to get the pieces together. They ask this, like, robot tech entrepreneur if he knows who could have done it. And they talk about... A young woman from New Tokyo who is, like, the only person he could think of who did this. And I was like, I am so pumped to see this young, like, woman, this young Japanese woman who is, like, the best robot programmer that this wealthy guy knows. And they pass right over it without even paying it any attention whatsoever. Like, it's not even like, oh, we'll investigate that. And they don't. They were just like, they breeze right by it. And I wanted... It would have been such a cool aspect of this world to see that. No, we're not going to explore that. We're not going to like even pay that any mind. Even though we took the time to set it up, it's not important enough for us to show that person. It just made me so, so angry. These futuristic children of the corn in the, what is it, the Chrome episode, they can fuck right off. I hated them. There was a moment where where uh, Kenix is like, "Is it bad that I want him to be the bad guy no matter what?" And I was like, "Nope, nope. Yeah. You should take yeah, him out, he, Kenix. He is awful. He's a bad guy one way or the other." Um, the the uh, I said in my positives, like the actor playing him did such a good job because I hated him so much. Yeah. But like, there was no resolution there. Like that character's just a dick and right. is just fine. A red, just a red herring. Just right. just a really bad dude. So. Now that I'm done just, like, taking up all the time, Andy, what is, what was just bad about these episodes? Um, y'all, y'all hit a whole lot of it. Um, there were multiple times in this chunk of four episodes where, like, innocent people died, and I feel like it could have been prevented. So we covered uh, the dude in the bomb episode. Um, when evil robot Negadorian when Negadorian is going after the like politicians or whatever uh they're like wow she's in the 
the restaurant district. Like, what could her target be there? We'll never know. And, like, they don't talk about it for a while. And I really felt like a simple Google search of, like, what events are happening downtown that could be targets? Like, we mm. should we should start evacuating everything or, like, right. start sectioning people off. Or, like, I'm sure that event would have had police detail. So, like, it would have been on their radar that that was going yeah. on. Like, oh, wait, this, like, robo-assassin is in the restaurant district and this uh, city councilman is also having an event and he happened to shut down her shit? Like... Like, man, like, it was so obvious that that was the target. And they kept playing it up, like, we have no idea what she's doing. And even when she, like, starts getting closer and closer to the restaurant, they're like, she's on her way into the restaurant. (laughs) It shows Moldonado trying to, like, get a hold of the councilman. And then Kenix also trying to, like, warn them. And I feel like it was so little too late. So, like, I really feel like a lot of those victims could have been could have been saved uh also when that robot first shoots the lady at the very start of that episode the robot murders a lady getting roses she murders that person that woman and then within 15 seconds is being chased by cops and within another 15 seconds she is surrounded in a circle by cops terrific response time yeah just like Almost inhuman mm-hmm. response time. Oh. Play on the title. Also, inhuman is getting canceled. But anyway. Um, also, they then gun her the fuck down. Like, she is in a circle of police officers. She is not going anywhere, and they shoot her like four times. Mm-hmm. They think she's a person at this point. Bear in right. mind. They right. think like, she's a person of color at that point, you mean. Like, holy shit, they shot her so quick. Yeah. And she, like, wasn't going anywhere, and they gunned her down. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, no no de-escalation of force or anything. Like, nope. they just... Phew. So, I had some issues with that. And, yeah, they did not know she was a robot. And it, it's funny, because I talk about how much I like this episode. But another problem with that episode is when she goes to get her new body, she gets, like, a sex bot body, which, going back to, like, the sex bot episodes, like, they're designed much differently and like programmed much differently than like the MRXs or the DRNs. And uh, I feel like they only gave her a sex bot body so they could show her in a sexy, sexy fishnet corset. Yeah. Like, like dominatrix outfit. It just lingered on the fact that she had a sexy body for a really long time. Yep. Yep. And I was worried that like, as she was walking over to like her tactical vest, she puts it on and I'm like, is she just going to be wearing a tactical vest and fishnets and high heel? Like, is that all this Negadorian is going to be wearing? And thankfully not like the the episode salvaged it. And she like geared up and was wearing very tactical armor the whole episode, Mm -hmm. except for that two minute, like montage of sexy robo assassin. Right. It was very, Which very contrived. Yeah. Did yeah. not need to be there um, at it, all. Like, did not serve the story. Did not the fact that she wasn't in like a uh, uh, soldier robot body. Like, right. had nothing to do with anything. It was just two minutes of like, let's show this really sexy, sexy lady. Later in the episode, um, she's driving a taxi around, and a mother and her daughter get in. And she is ready to kill the mother and daughter because they won't get out of her cab. And the daughter says, you look really pretty. And she holsters her gun and, like, lets it go. And, like, if that's the way that they're showing that, like, well, Dorian is emotional and can, like, you know, be a good cop. And, and you know, he, he has he's better than the MXs. If the only human response from the female MX is, like, she cares about the way she looks and is very wants to be very feminine and pretty. Like that's shitty. That's weird. Yeah. That like the only thing that stopped, she has been killing completely. Indiscriminately. Exactly. Yeah. And the only thing that has made her like stop is like, Ooh, she thinks I'm pretty. It's like, that's, that's so bad. Like, what are you doing? Like that's that, that, that's like, that robot dumb. would not care. Like, even if that robot had emotion and stuff like that, it was designed as a killing machine. And the fact that it's like, its weakness is it likes the way it looks, you know, like women do. 
Like <laughs> it was just like it was gross. That was the other point I had. It was just like it yeah. did a disservice to this like super awesome character that you know just kind of it got undercut. So Evan talked a little bit about how like they've been treating Rudy inconsistently, and I really really loved Kenix's solution to Dorian wanting to like not have to live with the MRNs was like MXs. Oh, the MXs. Oh, DRNs, MXs. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I really, really love that Kenix's solution to Dorian not wanting to live with the MXs was like, Dorian's lonely and frustrated. Rudy is really fucking lonely. Like that episode, Rudy calls out for help pretty much. And is like, I'm lonely. I don't have friends. I'm struggling. And Kenix's solution is like, oh, I'll make it, like, I'll clear it with Moldonado so Rudy and Dorian can room together. I was like, damn, that was, like, a really, like, caring thing to do. Yeah. Like, that was a really good, like, friend move for both of his buddies. Right. Was to, like, help both of them out. Like, good job, Kenix. Like, Mm -hmm. well done, man. And then the scene is just undercut with like Dorian kind of being shitty and like yeah. making faces and like I'm like complaining, and poor Rudy who doesn't pick up on these social cues is just so excited like we can play chess and like we can like watch movies and play video games and I'm just like Rudy you're a good yeah you're a good awkward little dude and you're real excited about this and the scene is like played for comic relief with like Dorian being like oh, this is, I don't want it this is yeah. weird. Aha! Uh-huh. Like, Dorian has to live with lame Rudy now. It's it, it's it it's funny when Dorian's out. a jerk to Kenix because Kenix is also a jerk. But like when he's just like kind of a jerk to other people, it's like, no, Dorian, you're our good baby boy. What's mm-hmm. going on? But yeah, I genuinely like Rudy, and um, yeah, he gets shit on a lot for mm-hmm. like no reason. Like, for being literally, he he's like the entire police department is made up of fifty percent androids. And he seems to be the only person who He's the knows one dude. anything about him. Like, he should be the most valuable person in the entire precinct. He should sell drugs. He should just... Yeah, like, he should go back sleep. to the criminals. The criminals were going to treat him so good. Yeah. Uh, but, like, no, no wonder people in this future are becoming sociopaths if yeah. everyone treats the smart, capable people like everyone treats Rudy in the police station. Like, of course, anyone who's a little bit awkward is going to become a... Like, some sort of massive terrorist criminal. Like, you don't treat him like shit. Yeah. But I, it went from, like, a really touching moment, I felt like, to, like, a really disappointing one. And I felt like the show should have just shown that as, like, a positive thing. And, like, that was a point in the Kenick's good column. And it was kind of ruined. And then my last bit, my last complaint is um, uh, a lot of cops frequent the Starbucks I work at. Um because they break up the homeless fights that happen in the alley because apparently my Starbucks is a little scary. (laughs) Um, But I've become really good friends with a couple of them. The one in particular, I know he's a good dude and a good cop because he wears Star Wars socks every day. So, like, I I generally don't trust any cop because I'm scared, even though I haven't done anything wrong, but they just make me uncomfortable. But this dude's a good dude because he wears Star Wars socks. And... I just gave him, like, hey, I do a podcast called Ending Pending. You should subscribe. But um, we talk about uh, TV shows, and we're talking about a cop show. And if a cop did, and I just rattled off just some of the things Kenix has done without the future context, you know, just if a cop did stuff like this, what would happen? And he explained that it's always a case-by-case situation, but there's a sliding scale of discipline. And, like... The first time a cop pulls out his gun and maybe didn't need to, uh, you know, she'll get slapped with a warning or, you know, they'll they'll have to, like, take a class or something. But the amount of times that, like, Kenix, like, or really any cop on this show whips out a firearm or, you know, like, Kenix fired it in the subway station for no reason at the RoboCop. And stuff like that. Like, Kenix would have been off the force a million times by now. And I get it. He's our badass protagonist. And, you know, stuff like that. But maybe having him repeatedly torture people and ignore the Miranda rights or their civil rights is not the best example to set with a police show. 
even a silly future police show. Yep. It's not that silly either. It's not yeah, like it's a, a pretty, comedy show. It's a pretty heavy show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is a comedy and, and like a really, really positive, awesome show, uh, doesn't do that and holds more respect for like citizens, civil liberties and, and Miranda rights and shit than what is a pretty serious and like philosophical show, except when it's being silly and having explosions. Just off of Evan's queer baiting thing, I'm gonna keep singing Brooklyn Nine Nine's praises, even though we're not reviewing that show because it has, it's so good and has so many seasons. But uh, they just confirmed that Rosa Diaz, the show's resident uh, badass, is bisexual and is dating another woman, and they're using the word bisexual on television, which like, fucking never happens. They never use the word bisexual. Uh, Even if characters are bisexual, they for some reason just will never ever ever say, say the, the word, word bisexual. It's very, yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, um, uh, the like pop culture is scared of the word bisexual, but like Brooklyn Nine Nine is using it, and it's for a really well developed, awesome character. And man, you know, shows are making progress, and that's cool. Very cool. Very cool. So now that we've discussed the good and the bad of these shows. Uh, Evan. Yeah. Is it working? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I still want to see season two. That doesn't exist. So, yeah, it's not perfect. It's got flaws. It is a flawed show. Um, but, uh, they, they generally know what they're doing, and they're generally keeping it together, and there's a lot of really strong episodes with really strong world-building stuff that I want to know more about. I want to know, I want to know what's beyond the wall. I mean, I know, because I've seen the but it still doesn't get it doesn't get explored uh like they were setting it up for season two clearly they were setting up more for that but like you just get little you get little hints and tidbits and i want to know more so yeah it's it's keeping me focused it's reeling me in andy hey ronald is it working so when we're on our 500th episode of this podcast which, wow. you know, that's of course what we're shooting for is 500. That's everyone's goal. Um, I think we can look back, or at least I personally will be able to look back at Almost Human and say that's the first show that I was really disappointed about not getting a season two. Like, mm-hmm. I liked The River, but I get why it was canceled, and, and you know, I can understand why there wasn't a season two. Dresden Files was the worst thing I've ever subjected myself to. Um and that clearly didn't deserve a season one, but like almost human deserved a season two so hard, so hard. And I'm really, really disappointed. We don't have one. So in short, yes, almost human is working so well. We, we, we ragged on this stuff that really wasn't working this, this podcast, this episode, but I think it's because we enjoy the show so much that, uh, the flaws were really apparent on this chunk, this four episode chunk. But I'd say there was only one bad episode out of that four episode lot. And that's the first bad episode out of the 10 we've watched now. So it's, it's working real good. Ronald. Yes. Hey Ronald. Hey, yeah. Hey, 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 is it working? It is. Um, there were definitely blips of this where even the bad episodes like worked um the poor choices of scene editing and not uh reshooting or re-recording lines um in the episodes they did out of order kind of made me lose interest a little bit in some of the plot that was going on because it felt very like episode uh eight of the dresden files being out of order and like this is like this doesn't make any sense with the plot and the arc um but overall it is working. The syndicate stuff has probably been the least interesting stuff to me. And I feel like we're going to get a lot of that coming up in the next three episodes. So I'm kind of worried. Uh, but at this point, it is working. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. We're going to have to watch a terrible show next and suffer. Like yeah. this con- this content isn't even entertaining because we're just like, it's good. This show's right, good. Right, just, right. This show's good. <laughs> um, speaking of what we're going to watch next time. Have you made a decision? I have made a decision. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I want to do selfie. Yeah. Um, 
I have no I, idea what that is, but yeah. I know. I, the, when we've talked about it, Evan hasn't seemed super excited about it. I, um, I, I will watch anything for you because you're my friend and I love you. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, but I, I just have no idea what the show's about. Selfie, Give us a synopsis. Selfie is a show about uh, Karen, Karen Gillian, Karen Gillum. Amy Gillen. Pond. Amy Karen Pond. Gillen. Nebula. Gillen. Nebula and Amy Pond. Nebula uh, and Sulo. Is a Nebula Pond. Obsessed, narcissistic, uh, celebrity of the modern age. You know where you're just famous for being famous, taking selfies and taking Instagramming selfies. and Snapchatting. Doing those, the millennials things that these children do nowadays. Yeah. These young people. She is a woman who is self-confident and likes herself, which of course means she's terrible. Vapid. <laughs> Vapid. Um, she's the subject of an embarrassing viral video, and she enlists the help of a marketing expert to revamp her image in the real world. Um, that marketing expert is John Cho. Sulu. Sulu. Um, and it's got a pretty solid cast. So the reasons I picked this are numerous. One, because... We haven't done a show since the river that has been like widely accessible and selfie is on Hulu. So nice. both for our purposes of watching it and for our fans purposes of following along, um, it is very accessible. Um, there are 13 episodes, but here's the real kicker guys. Are you ready for this? 20 minutes, 22 minute episode. Oh, yeah. That's that's real handy. Thank it's going to make synopsis so much easier. It's going to make goods and bad so much easier. It, I'm I'm very excited for what it means. Um, that sounds like we're being lazy, and it is. You, you are would right. be right. You yeah, were very yeah. right about that. Um, we ain't getting paid. Yeah. Not yet. So yeah. So we're doing selfie next. Um, S- it's, someday it's, we'll get that uh, max fun, mm-hmm. sweet sweet money, but mm-hmm. not yet. Max fun geekly hit us up. We um, would love money. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's totally outside of the genre of of shows that we've done thus far, but I like that. We're gonna we're gonna have to end up hitting on some shows that are outside of um, fandom based shows, um, and I think this is a good place to start with characters who are very uh, entrenched in fandoms. Also, everyone loves Karen Gillan. Yeah, exactly. she's adorable. She's 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 great. Um, Cool. So not next episode. Next episode, we will be doing our finale of Almost Human. We'll be saying goodbye to our good, good robot boy. Um, but we'll be saying hello to our good, good, uh, you know, self-obsessed uh, celebrity girl, Karen Gillan. Also, Gillen. I just want to take this moment to, to say to Sir Nee, um, Evan and I have been watching Frontier on Netflix, which is great. Uh, it has It's on season two, so we can't do it. But... The one star of the show who's not Jason Momoa, I was like, where do I know that guy from? And it turns out that he was on Hemlock Grove, which was another Netflix show, which I really enjoyed. And uh, as I was IMDb'ing him, he's one of the stars of Terra Nova. And I just want to let uh, Sir Nino, Terra Nova's not out of our minds or out of our hearts. And we're going to we're gonna get to it. We just got to make you work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to jump back to Selfie for a second because I didn't actually realize this. Uh, Karen Gillan's character is Eliza Dooley and John Cho's character is Henry Higgs, which means this is a My Fair Lady remake. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that, you're that, a bit too excited about it, Ronald, I, but that's cool. I, I absolutely love My Fair Lady. It's one of my favorite musicals. Um, oh, this this just cracks it wide open for me. I am very excited about this now, even more so than I was. Ooh, this is great. This Ronald, is you're great. adorable. Oh, my goodness. Stay, stay tuned for that, because I'm going to be giddy. Let's, let's jump on to <laughs> housekeeping before I just, like, hit me, before hit, I hit, scream. Hit me with some housekeeping, Ronnie. Um, we have nothing. <laughs> we have no emails. We have oh. no new reviews. Oh, Guys, we man. are running low on time for you to get those reviews in so we can send you our holiday letter. I, we took the photos. They're we so the good. Photos. Christmas it's, photos are great. They're <laughs> awesome, and we want everyone to see them. But first, you gotta, you gotta. It's a little quid pro quo, you know. You gotta scratch our back so we can scratch yours. Um, Re- real quick. Um, one, if you listen to the show and have not left us an iTunes review yet, 
You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Okay, alright. Is it the room? Yeah, we, because this is, we, cult- this is culturally relevant. We just saw the disaster, disaster artist. artist. Yeah. But um, please, for the love of all that is good and pure and Dorian, leave <laughs> us leave us an iTunes review. Yes. Make our Christmas wishes and dreams come true. Leave us an iTunes review. And, and- if you do, send us an email so we can email you the Christmas card. And if you... Want an in real life physical copy? This is your last week to send us an email with your real life physical address. Yes, yes, we so have if you, seven reviews, and so far only two emails and physical addresses. So we, we, some people are just just opting out. It seems you've, like you've you've earned it. You've earned the Christmas card. Let us let us share with you our Christmas spirit. And let's be real. Like maybe we have to sell this Christmas card a little bit. You want this Christmas card? Yeah, you absolutely. You need this to be in your in your uh, mailbox come the holiday season. Hey, if you're a regular listener and you have thoughts on where you would take season two of Almost Human, why don't you send us an email and we'll we'll read your season two pitch next week when we give our season two pitch for Almost Human. We want to interact with you guys more, so uh, send us an email to get that, that sweet, sweet Christmas card emailed to you or in real life mailed to you and send us an email with your thoughts on, uh, thoughts on season two of almost human. Yeah. That, uh, that email address is pendingpod at gmail.com. As always, you can interact with us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash ending pending. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're at pending pod on Instagram. I've been doing a little Instagram lately. Not a whole lot, but like yeah. a little bit. We're sprinkling it in there. That's at ending pending. So, guys, I've been I've been thinking about the future. And Ooh. What the future looks like. Sure. And coffee drones. Yeah. And you know, I think I think what the future needs is a little bit of peace, a little bit of quiet, a little bit of serenity, maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's what Dorian and Kennex need is a little bit of a little bit of serenity, maybe maybe like some Firefly. I feel like maybe we should talk about Firefly next week. Oh no! Like just kind of forget the ending of of Almost Human. Dorian and Kennex need some serenity. Let's give them some Firefly. Let's let's review Firefly. Andy, no, no, you see, uh, uh, Almost Human actually leads into Judge Dredd which is an entirely different type of future. So we we actually are never doing Firefly 